Hey, let me ask you this this morning. When you're, especially you men, when, and some of the ladies too, but uh, when you're watching a, a, a football game or a sporting event, do you talk back to the television? Okay, when you hear something good at church, it's okay to talk back. Psalm 103, that's where we're going to be this morning. Psalm 103, if you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand this morning. Psalm 103 is a psalm of David, a psalm of David. The Bible says in verse number 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That's the verse that's on the front of your bulletin this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Verse number 22, Bless the Lord, all His works. Excuse me, bless the Lord, all His works in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Take your Bibles and flip over just a few pages. We mentioned this Wednesday night and even last night. Psalm 116, Psalm 116, verse number 12. Psalm 116, verse number 12. The Bible says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? We began Wednesday night and we'll continue this morning. And this will just simply be part two. But we began to look at this truth. A thankful man is a thankful man. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 116 verse number 12 where he asked the question, What shall I render? What shall I give in return? What shall I give to the one who is do everything? He said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? A thankful man is a thankful man. We'll allow the children to go ahead and be dismissed this morning for Children's Church and Toddler Church. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you again for the day. And Father, I pray that you'd help us and bless today. Father, may our hearts be turned toward... Father, they shouldn't have to be turned. They should already be there. But Lord, if they're not, I pray that our hearts would be turned where they ought to be turned this morning, Lord. Not our hearts, but our souls this morning, as the psalmist says to be thankful so that we can be thankful. Lord, I do pray if there would be an individual here today, maybe one, maybe even several, who have never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, they've never placed their faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, in the blood of Christ, which cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then, Father, I pray that today would be their spiritual birthday. I pray that today would be the day that they come to Christ most important thing that we can ever deal with in our lives is this matter of salvation. We're we're speaking of eternity. We're not speaking of a light thing. We're not playing games. 
These are eternal matters. And so, Father, I, I pray if necessary this morning that you'll convict hearts. And Lord, you'll help us to deal with issues. That individual that needs to be saved, may they be saved. The believer who needs to be more thankful, may we be more thankful. Whatever needs are present in our midst today, Father, may you help, may you work, may you do what only you can today. And we'll surely thank you and praise you for it. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated this morning. We said Wednesday night, and by the way, we're not going to preach in Psalm 116 tonight. We're going to be in Psalm 103. But we mentioned Wednesday night that meditation. He said, what shall I render? What shall I give in return? And those first 11 verses, the psalmist, David, or actually we don't know who the psalmist is in Psalm 116, but the psalmist is meditating upon all the benefits. He's meditating upon that which God has done for him. And then that meditation, uh, it motivates him to praise. That, that meditation motivates him, as Psalm 116 says, to pay his vows. By the way, let me say this. One of the meditative thoughts that ought to come to us no matter what is that whether we're motivated or not, we ought to always obey him. We ought to always obey Him. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that our, our works will establish our thoughts many times. You know, sometimes we don't feel like doing certain things, but if we'll do it, it will establish our thoughts. And so that's, that's a good truth this morning. But our meditation motivates us. And that's what Psalm 116 speaks about. In Psalm 103, we were introduced to this psalm back in March, and we were specifically in verse number 8 as we spoke about the mercy of God. And really much of this psalm speaks about the mercy of God. But I want to focus, I want to fix our attention on verse number 2 this morning. And the Bible says there, the psalmist, David, he says in verse number 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And notice this, and he says, And forget not all His benefits. The psalmist is imploring his soul. The psalmist is imploring his soul not to forget the benefits of God. Now, by the way, he says it in verse 1. He says it in verse number 2. And then he finishes the psalm in verse number 22 with that same thought, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And so he is imploring his soul not to forget the benefits, the goodness of Almighty God. So, if he uses that in three different verses, verse 1, verse 2, verse number 22, he begins and ends with that thought, then it would behoove us this morning, it is incumbent upon us this morning, to understand what is the soul. Wouldn't that make sense? I think it does. And so that's what we're going to do today. It would behoove us to understand what the soul is. It would behoove us to understand what, what is David talking about? What, what is he imploring or, or what's the idea behind it? And here's the truth this morning. The soul is the seat of intellect, emotion, and will. That's what the soul is. We are, and, and Brother Caleb mentioned this in our Sunday school this morning... God made us to be a trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit, okay? Because He made us in the image of Himself, right? And He is a triune God. 
And so he made us body, soul, and spirit. And the soul is the seat of intellect, emotion, and will. And the psalmist is imploring his soul not to forget all of the benefits of God. So this morning, thinking on the soul this morning, I want to encourage our hearts about this matter of thankfulness or a thankful man is a thankful man. I want us to walk through those two, or excuse me, those three items this morning. And I pray that it will be a help to us to even think further about how or what can help me not to forget the benefits of God. We have example after example in the Scriptures, and especially in the Old Testament. The nation of Israel forgot God over and over again, didn't it? He had done so much for them. He had, he had brought, I mean, He was their God. And the Bible says that many times, in Psalm 78, it says they forget His works. They forget the things that He had done for them. And we're prone to do the same thing. We can be pious and talk about the nation of Israel, but we're prone to do the same things. I mentioned it Wednesday night. God pours benefit after benefit after benefit upon us. And God blesses and God blesses. And then we have one little issue come into our lives, and that's what we fixate upon. That's what we focus upon instead of fixating upon the blessing after blessing after blessing. Everything, all the benefits that God has done for us. And so let's walk through this this morning, Psalm 103. And I want us to see number one, we're going to look at the intellect. The, excuse me, the intellect. That is what we know. That is what we know. And in the intellect this morning, David catalogs God's character. Intellect is what we know, right? Intellect is the knowledge that we have. And in that intellect, David catalogs God's character. And he begins it in verse number 3. In verses 1 and 2, he's saying, Look, bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm going to bless the Lord with my soul. And by the way, he says in verse number 1, And all that is within me, everything that is within me, I'm going to bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. We find in verse number 1, he already begins to catalog the characteristics, the character of God. And he uses that word, holy. So first of all, we see holiness. When you think about the character of God, you must begin with the holiness of God. It is that characteristic which sets Him apart from everything else. Everyone else, everything else, any God that any person can have... It sets him apart from all others. His name is set apart from all others. Look at verse number 19 if you would. The Bible says, The Lord hath prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom ruleth over all. His first character, the first characteristic that is cataloged is His holiness. He is perfectly set apart. He, he is perfect. There is no one even close to Him. His holiness, the idea of holiness, again, it means to be, be, be set apart. It speaks specifically of His name, and that's who our God is. David catalogs God's character. First of all, His holiness. Secondly, His forgiveness. Verse number 12, or excuse me, verse number 3, He begins to speak about His Lord, His God. He says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. 
Verse number 12, the Bible says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. And by the way, He hasn't just removed them. He has cleansed them. He has washed them. He has taken them away. Forgiveness. Dear friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, the forgiveness for your sin has been offered. It was paid for on the, on, the, on the cross of Calvary. The blood was applied. The blood was shed. And it's the blood that washes away our sins. It's, it's not the water of the baptistry. It's, it's not the righteousnesses of our good works. It is the blood, the pure, the precious blood, the perfect blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He offers salvation. He begins, David begins there in Psalm 103. He says, who? Who? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he begins to talk about his Lord. Who? Forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. And when a person gets saved, their sins are forgiven. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I think maybe this is something sometimes we don't talk about much and we don't understand much, and it confuses us sometimes in the matter of salvation. When a person gets saved, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, their spirit is quickened. It's made alive. Okay, my spirit cannot sin. But my flesh can. My spirit cannot sin. And so when a person gets saved, in God's eyes, they are right with Him now because now they have the righteousness of Christ. Now their spirit has been quickened. Now they have the Holy Spirit living inside. And now they stand before a holy God, right and righteous, because of the blood of Christ and because of the righteousness of Christ and because now we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. That doesn't mean that person can't ever sin again in the flesh. And sometimes, boy, that causes, that causes confusion and that causes doubt. You go knock on people's doors and you ask them if they know they're going to heaven. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I, I got saved when I was 12 or I got saved when I was 7. But, you know, I'm just not living right just right now. Well, I get that. That means you need to get right with God. That doesn't mean you, get, excuse me, you need to get saved again. That means you need to get some things right with God because our flesh, we're still battling. We've got the old nature and the new nature and they're constantly battling. Now here's the truth. We know this. The Bible teaches us this. The one we feed the most is the one that's going to win most of the time. If you feed the flesh on the world, the flesh and the devil, then yeah, you're going to have problems with the flesh. If you, don't, if you don't want to get bit or bitten, whatever the correct grammar is, if you don't want to get bit by a snake, then you ought not put your hand in a snake hole. Doesn't that make sense? Okay, if I, if I don't want to struggle with a sin, or if I don't want to constantly battle with a sin, then you know what? I shouldn't put my hand in the snake hole. I shouldn't put my... So the Bible says, make, here, here's, here's the biblical terminology. Make no provision for the flesh. That's the biblical terminology. Okay, if I have trouble with alcohol, you know what I need to do? I need to stay away from it. 
I don't need to have it in my refrigerator. I don't need to go to the bar on my way home from work. I don't even need to pass by the bar. If I have to go an extra 10 miles to get home, I ought to do everything I can not to make provision of the flesh. Well, Pastor, boy, I just can't get victory over this sin. Well, stay away from it. Stop putting yourself back in the position to struggle with it. Keep yourself away from it. Do everything you... Put as many hedges and fences in between you and that sin as you possibly can. And stay away from it. Because we still have the flesh. That doesn't mean I'm not saved. And that doesn't mean I haven't been quickened by the Holy Spirit. It just means I still have flesh. And I still have to battle with the flesh. Boy, I can't get victory over this. Or, boy, I keep, I keep struggling with this alcohol and I, I keep struggling with this. That's because you're not staying away from it. That's because you're not feeding your spirit. That's because you're feeding your flesh. The dog that I feed is going to win. If I have two dogs and I feed one of them and I don't feed the other one and I put them in a pen together, who do you think is going to win? The one that's 150 pounds as opposed to the one that's 25 pounds. His holiness, His forgiveness is available. And He forgives. Does He not? He forgives. That's a promise. So if He's forgiven you, then take that to the bank. But if He hasn't forgiven you yet, then you need to do that this morning. He, you need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Number one, holiness. Number two, forgiveness. We're talking about the intellect. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. The intellect, that's what we know. That's knowledge. And in His knowledge, David catalogs God's character. He catalogs God's character. Hey, let me ask, how many of you remember? Well, I'm just giving credence to the individual that told me I was up in years this morning but how many of you remember the Sears catalog especially the wish book at Christmas yeah some of y'all's faces are just gleaming this morning that, that, that's, that's how we shopped in the past wasn't it by the way we've come, kind of come full circle because we kind of do the same thing now we shop on Amazon it's, it's kind of the same but man you get this wish book catalog and it'd have the clothing section, and it would have the toy section, and it would have the appliance section, and all those different sections, just a catalog of everything that you could buy. You know, that's exactly what David's doing right here. He's cataloging, just listing all the different characteristics of his God. He mentions his holiness, his forgiveness. Notice verses 4 and 5. He says, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with, notice the word, what's the word there? With what? Loving, not just love and not just kindness, but loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He redeems and he sacrifices, or excuse me, he satisfies and he crowns with his loving kindness. He crowns, he satisfies, he redeems. And He renews with His loving kindness. Bless the Lord, O my soul, with everything that is within me. So let me ask you this morning, what do you know about God? 
What does your intellect this morning know about God? Does it know that He has saved you? Maybe He hasn't saved you yet. Maybe you haven't called upon Him yet. Do you know that He has saved you? Do you know that He loves you? Do you know that He's holy, that He's set apart? And because He's holy and He's set apart and He deserves for His children to be holy and set apart because He's holy and set apart. He doesn't have any expectations for us that He doesn't have for Himself. His loving kindness who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and not just mercies, not just mercy, but mercies, and not just mercies, but tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Holiness, forgiveness, loving kindness. Number four, righteousness. Verses six and seven. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. Righteousness. He is always just. He is always right. Every single time. And I know people will question and argue, but He's always just and He's always right. He's God. He's holy. He's always just and He's always right. That's why we can trust Him. That's why we, we can take what He says and we can take it to the bank. And then lastly, number five, and this really incorporates a good part, a good portion of the psalm, His mercifulness, His holiness, His forgiveness, His loving kindness, His righteousness, His mercifulness. Notice verse number eight. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. It never runs out. you thankful for that? By the way, the Bible says they're what? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. Oh, that's good. He will not always chide. He will not always contend. He will not always keep his anger forever. Why? Well, we're going to see it in just a moment. But in verse 10 it says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That's, that's the ultimate definition of mercy, isn't it? Mercy is God not giving me what I deserve. That's mercy. Grace is God giving me something I don't deserve. Okay, In His grace, He gave me Jesus Christ. In His grace, He gave me eternal life. And all of that through Jesus Christ. That's His grace. He gives me stuff I do not deserve. But His mercy doesn't give me that which I deserve. And that which I deserve is hell. And that which I deserve is to be rewarded for my iniquities. Verse number 10. But the Bible says He hath not dealt with us that way. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That's pretty good, isn't it? I'm going to tell you, don't ever get tired of that. Well, I've heard that all my life. I've grown up in church. Good. I've grown up in church and heard it. Praise God you've grown up in church. Some kids did not have that opportunity. You ought to praise God if you grew up in church. Instead of bemoaning it. Well, I've heard about that all my life. I've heard about the love of Christ all my life. Then boy, it ought to be sweet to you. 
Because the Bible says here, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, what we deserved. Verse 11, for as the heavens is high above the earth, so great, as high as the heavens is above the earth. The Bible says that's how high His mercy is. So great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. Verse 14, this is why. For He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are what? Just dust. He remembers that. We still have this old flesh. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the, excuse me, the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. Our three children, for Mother's Day, they planted a little, just a little bitty flower bed around the back of the patio, and they did that for Beverly. Just beautiful, lots of flowers, a new crepe myrtle tree right there on the corner. I mean, just beautiful. They planted one sweet potato vine right on the edge, and that thing just went crazy. I mean, it, it, it went all out into the yard. It came up onto the patio. Just one. It just went everywhere. Well, you know what happened this week? The frost. That's what he says here. He says, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. The next, I don't know if it's the next day, but I think it may have been the second day. I looked out, and it was just, I mean, that beautiful um, yellowish-green, beautiful color of that sweet potato vine, it was gone. And I mean, now it was dark, and it was wilting, and so I just went out and pulled it up and threw it in the ditch. It's done. It's done for the year. That's what the Bible says here. He knows our frame. He says, as for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep His covenant and to those that remember His commandments to do them. David catalogs God's character, His holiness, His forgiveness, His loving kindness, His righteousness, and His mercifulness. Number two. Number one is the intellect. That's what we know. That's the knowledge. Number two is the will. The soul is the seed of the intellect, emotion, and will. Number two, the will. And the will, that is who is in control. And that can be a lowercase w or that can be an uppercase w. Who is in control? It can be the Savior or it can be self. That's the will. And so number one, in the intellect, David catalogs God's character. But number two, in the will, David kneels before his king. In the will, David kneels before his king. What the Bible says, we already read it in verse number 19. So the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens... And his kingdom ruleth over all. Think about a knight kneeling before a king to receive a blessing. God doesn't kneel before us to receive a blessing. 
The way we give Him our blessings is to kneel before Him. God doesn't have to kneel before us to, give, to get our blessings. Because remember what He said, verses 1-2 and verse number 22, what He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David is giving God blessing. Right? But God doesn't have to bow before me to get my blessings. The way He gets my blessing is when I bow before Him. That's the will. The intellect is what I know about Him. His holiness and His righteousness and His forgiveness and His mercifulness and His loving kindness. That's what I know about Him. That's what David knew about Him. But the will is who I let be in control. And by the way, what I know about Him should have something to do with who I let be in control. Now here's the problem. Many people know all of those things that we mentioned. His holiness, His righteousness, all of they know all of that. But they never submit their will to Him. They never submit their will to Him. The will is who is in control. And because God was in control of David's life, David knelt before his king. Number one, that's the intellect. That's what we know. And because of that, David catalogs God's character. Number two, the will, that's who's in control. David kneels before the king. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever knelt before the king in the matter of salvation? And then let me ask the second question. If you have, are you continually kneeling before him every day as his child? as His servant, as a believer, continually humbling your heart on a daily basis and kneeling before the King because when I kneel before the King, that's how I bless Him. That word blessing, it means, uh, it means uh, to adore, to praise. Uh, it carries the idea of, of bestowing goods. It carries the idea of increasing. When, when, when a knight will kneel before a king and the king will bless him and uh, either, either knight him or, or increase his goods, well, it's the same idea, but it's flipped. Now we're kneeling before the king and we're giving him our adoration and our praise. And we're bestowing blessings upon him. We're giving him glory. <laughs> intellect. Will. Intellect. David catalogs God's character. Will. David kneels before his king. And then number three, emotion. David bestows his blessings. David bestows his blessings upon his king. And by the way, do we really have a whole lot to give the king? We have a lot of praise to give the king. We have a lot of adoration that we ought to give the king. And that's what David is doing. Those are the blessings that he's bestowing upon the king. Notice what he says in verse number 19, or excuse me, verse 20. See, in verses 1 and 2, he's speaking about himself. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He finishes verse 22, the last little phrase. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's personal. But notice what he says in verse 20. He says, bless the Lord. Who? Ye His angels that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the Word. 
Bless ye the Lord, all ye His host, ye ministers of His that do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all His works in all places of His dominion. You know what he's saying? You know what David is saying now? David is saying, look, my soul, I don't want to forget God's works. Look, soul, I'm imploring you not to forget the benefits of God. But then he moves past that and he's imploring everybody else to bless the name of God. The angels. He finished up, he says, all the works in all of his dominion. They, they ought to bless the name of God. In verse number 21, Bless ye the Lord, all ye His host. Is that speaking about the stars and the sun and moon? Is that speaking about the host of heaven? Or is that speaking about the, the host of His servants? Yeah, all of it. All of creation. Give Him praise. You see, a thankful man will be a thankful man. A thankful man whose intellect, emotion, and will are, are, are moved by who God is and what He's done is going to be a thankful man. And by the way, He's going to encourage everybody else to be a thankful man. Number one, the intellect, what we know. David catalogs God's character. Number two, the will, that's who is in control. And because God was in control in David's life, David kneels before the king. And then emotion, that's how we respond. David bestows his blessings. That's how we respond. I'm going to tell you what, a song like the choir sang this morning, well, that stirs my heart. Now, you don't have to be loud about it, but if you can sit and listen to a song like that, or you can sit and listen to the song that Lydia and Rachel sang. If you can sit and listen to the songs that we all sang today. If you can sit and listen to that and that doesn't stir you at all. Then you need to cry out today for your soul not to forget the benefits of God. My intellect and my emotion and my will. Soul, I am imploring you. Don't forget all the benefits of God Almighty on my life. Bound. By cords of love? Those are no cords, are they? But bound by cords of love and chains of peace? That's what Almighty God does for us. And He, he tears away the bars of sin. He tears away the, the bondage of sin. He frees us. He's rescued us. He's delivered us by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can sit and listen then there's several things in effect there. Either you have grown so cold as a Christian, you need to get under the heater of God's Word today. Let the heater of God's Word, the fire of God's Word, melt that cold heart this morning. Or maybe you've just never been saved. I can't answer that. Only you and God can answer that. But what my intellect knows about an almighty God, the almighty God, it ought to cause my will to kneel before the King and my emotion to respond. Blessing. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. See, I believe we're, we're so full 
Christianity and Christians, we're so full of the music of the world that when we walk in here on Sunday and we hear a beautiful song like the choir sang and a beautiful song like those two young ladies sang, it don't even affect us. Because we've been feeding the dog of the world all week. And the dog of the world and the flesh and the devil is just devouring the dog of the spirit. And we've got to climb out through all of that nonsense to even think about who God is. That's true, by the way. Whether you like it or not, that's true. You fill yourself with the world all week and the flesh all week. You have a hard time when you come in here on Sunday morning. You have a hard time singing the songs that we sing on Sunday morning. And you have a hard time listening to the songs that are sung on Sunday morning because you filled yourself with everything else during the week. And so it's hard to even get to any place thinking about God Almighty. Because I've thought about everything else during the week. I've thought about myself all week. Because the music of the world focuses on you. It focuses on me. Christ honoring music focuses on Christ. And if we'll fill our lives during the week, it's not a message about music, but if we'll fill our lives with Christ honoring music during the week, we can come in here on Sunday. And again, you don't have to be loud about it. You don't have to say anything about it. But in your soul, your soul is stirred. Your intellect, emotion, and will. It is stirred by what you know about your God and by who your God is to you. And because of that, you're going to respond in a certain way. That's the emotion. We don't live on emotion, do we? Emotion will fool us. But I'm going to tell you what, if your intellect and your will are in line with God, it will affect your emotions. And nothing wrong with that. It'll affect your emotions. Hey, listen, yesterday, yesterday, Tennessee defense, two interceptions for a touchdown and a scoop and score. You know what I was doing in the house? Woo! I was in the back room folding clothes, watching it by myself. Woo! Three times Tennessee defense scored. They'll never do that. But I can walk into the house of God and be, bless you, brother. You see what I'm saying? If I can get my physical emotions worked up over a football game that has absolutely no eternal value, and next week they're probably going to break my heart. Okay, if I can get worked up over a physical emotion like that, that means nothing then I should be able to get worked up, if I could use that phrase and not anybody get tight about it, get worked up about something spiritual that lasts forever. My intellect, my emotion, and my will, my intellect and my will, it's going to affect my emotion. It affected David. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. I love it. I woke a couple of you up this morning. And I took notice of who jumped too. So, a thankful man is a thankful man. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? You know what I should render? 
my soul, blessing His holy name. Father, thank You for the time You've given us this morning. Help us during the time of invitation. Father, if there's someone here today who needs Christ, Father, I pray that they would not leave here today without Him. Father, for us as believers who already have Christ, we are in Christ, as Ephesians says. Father, may we be thankful people. And may that help us to be thankful people. May we ask ourselves the question, what shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? Father, help us in these moments and we'll thank You for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand your feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The piano is going to play. Miss Joe's already here at the piano. Two things. If you don't know Christ, you need to come this morning. If I were to come around and ask and say, hey, if death were to take you today, do you know that you know that you know that heaven would be your home? If you can't answer that, you need to come. Secondly, if you know that and you can, you can say, absolutely, Pastor, I know I'm headed to heaven. I know I've placed my faith and trust in the finished work of Christ. Okay, let me ask you, are you a thankful person? And does that thankfulness lead you to thankfulness? When was the last time your soul blessed the Lord? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Adoration and praise. Bestowing adoration and praise upon His holy name. Listen, our intellect, we know who God is. We know what He does for us. Okay, so what about our will? Is, are our wills submitted to that this morning? And then because of both of those, do our emotions respond with praise and blessing? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forget not all His benefits. You know what? Sometimes the trials are His benefits. They purge us. They refine us so that we can come forth as gold. It's not just the possessions. It's just not the things we look at as blessings. It's everything that God's hand has a part in. Those are benefits. I will praise Him, the song says. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people. For His blood has washed away each stain. Father, we praise You and we thank You for Your Word. Father, we praise You and thank You for all of Your benefits toward us. You know our frame. You do not deal with us according to our iniquities. You do not reward us according to our iniquities. You deal with us in grace and mercy because you know our frame. You know that we are but dust. 
And Father, we praise Your name. We, we, we bless Your holy name for that this morning. And Father, I pray once again as we get ready to leave this place and depart and head to our homes or wherever our schedules or activities may take us this afternoon before we leave one more time, Father, I pray if there would be one here today or even several who have never come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Christ. Father, before they leave this property, may they deal with that today and may they settle that in their hearts. Father, for us as believers, may we leave out of here today and may we go even this afternoon and be thankful and thankful individuals. Father, bring us back together tonight for choir practice, for the service. May you teach us and help us and admonish us once again. We'll thank you for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.